This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Moving on to the next clue for our quiz this morning. It's still up for grabs, and of course we're playing for McDougall's Vegetarian Cookbook. So, clue number three. I brought Joseph from the Ishmaelites. I brought Joseph from the Ishmaelites. If you think you know the answer to this question, then give us a call at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or send us a text at 0491-064-664. Okay, the big announcement that we want to make this morning that we want you all to be aware of and to be sharing with your friends is that this Saturday morning, so you are used to the breakfast show taking place on weekday mornings. We'll be back on Saturday morning, but a bit later in the morning from 9.30 to 10.30 is our time slot that we have set aside in which we... We are going to be doing an a live talkback Bible study. An interactive one. Interactive Bible study. So if you are at home, you're unable to go to church, whatever it might be, and you're in a situation where it's like, well, you know, I'm really going to miss out on having a interactive Bible study, then this is the place to be. That's Join it. us right here on Faith FM. No doubt you have lots of friends and family if they are wondering how they are going to access it. And maybe they don't have a radio signal in that area. We don't have transmitters right across Australia. Uh, we cover, I think it is about one in five people. So if your family is one of those, uh, you know, four other people that are unable to pick up a radio signal, then you can share with them that they can be part of the Bible study, listen to the radio show uh, online, faithfm.com.au, or even better, grab the app on the phone. It's called Faith FM Australia. Uh, white background, red squiggly line is what you're looking for. Download the free app. Press, press play there. The way that this is, this is great just to use it in your car and so forth. Uh, and you will be able to be a part of the interactive on-air Bible study being streamed from here uh, on Saturday morning between 9.30 and 10 o'clock. Uh, yours truly will be a part of that, and we're looking forward to having a really great day together as we share the Word of God in a worship format that we are all a little bit unused to. And one thing I think we also need to remember, there's a, a wonderful ber- verse in the Bible that says, and I think we need to, it's, we've got an adaptation of that for the scenario that we're in in the world and it says where two or more are gathered together I will be there I think in this case though we do need to remember where two or more but less than ten are gathered I will be there so make sure that if, if you've got some people that you want to get around get them that are at home and you can you know self-distance and isolate responsibly then it, it's have that for, for Sabbath school. Yeah, and that's the situation as it is right now. Who knows whether that will be the same uh, come the weekend. There we go. Absolutely. Yeah, anything could things, happen. Things, things are things changing, changed, so, changing so rapidly. Yeah. And, uh, of course, if you're wondering, uh, we're not calling this – well, we're, we're, we're just calling this a small group Bible study. Um, and a lot of you are used to doing that either on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning. Join us on a Saturday morning. And if you're in an area that gets the delayed broadcast, make sure you jump on, grab the app, or listen online so that you can be part of the live show. And you'll be able to interact with us there. Okay, Daniel chapter 12 is where we are up to in our encounter with God. Daniel chapter 12, and we have so far made it through, what, three verses? 
uh, in two days. Yeah, we're doing. We, we're struggling here. <laughs> well, maybe what we'll do is we'll finish it off on Saturday morning. There you go. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, Daniel chapter... Up to verse 4. 12. We are up to verse 4. And once again, it's one of these verses like, well, we could spend, you know, how many days studying this verse? But let's get into it. All right. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4 says, But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there, and knowledge will increase. Okay, so there's a number of things that we need to talk about in relationship to this. First of all, the Bible says the book of Daniel was to be sealed until the time of the end. Yes. Obviously, we, li- we live in the time of the end, which is why we are studying the book of Daniel and why we can understand what the book of Daniel says. There is basically nothing in this book that is any longer a secret. It has been completely unsealed. That's good news. Now, in the context of the book of Daniel being unsealed, the Bible talks about people rushing here and there. Kind of a bit restricted in doing that these days. Well, I've, I have seen a lot of that, though, rushing here and there to get uh-huh. all the toilet paper off the, yes, the shelves. Yes, And knowledge will be increased. Now, we need to mention here very, very clearly that within the context of this verse, the increase of knowledge is what actually unseals the book of Daniel. So as we get nearer to the end of time, we have more and more knowledge that is being made available to us. And as a result of all of that extra knowledge that is being made available to us, we are able to more clearly understand the book of Daniel. And so it's the increase of knowledge that actually unseals the book of Daniel. And I think in in recent times, there has been quite a significant increase in knowledge, especially surrounding particular you know, virus cases and making sure that medically we're on top of our game. All right, so what we need to ask ourselves at this particular point is, does this verse have an application to the general increase of knowledge? So we're going to talk about the general increase of knowledge as well as the increase of knowledge in relationship to the book of Daniel. These two are connected to each other. The primary context of this verse is in relationship to the book of Daniel. Yeah. Increase of knowledge about the book of Daniel. However... The increase of knowledge about the book of Daniel does not take place in an environment where there is not a general increase in knowledge. So if you're going to have an increase of knowledge about the book of Daniel, then you have to have a commensurate general increase of knowledge. And so this verse is going to point towards both of these events. I see. Okay. The Bible says that this will take place at what particular time in verse 4? Uh. It will take place uh, the time of the end. At the time of the end. Okay, so in verse 4, the Bible says the time of the end. We need to once again remind ourselves that there is a difference between the time of the end and the end of time. You know what the difference between the time of the end and the end of time is? Uh, the end of time is the very end. Yes. And would the end... What, the time, time of, of the, the end. end would be leading up to the end. Yeah, so it's a little bit like uh, for those of you who during eat, a movie, it's, it's, it's a little bit like it's a little bit like when you when you when you buy a turkey, right? And you start to fatten him for Christmas. Yeah, right. That's the time of the end. Yeah, uh, day or two before Christmas, you take him out the back and cut off his head. It's the end of time. I think my analogy would have been a, li- a little less sinister. I know, but I really <laughs> like my analogy. It's cool. <laughs> It's all of us country kids that grew up in the bush like, yeah, we know what that's about. And all the city people like Turkey. That actually used to be a thing that runs around. I thought that was something that came in a package. (laughs) Oh, my. Show a kid from the city what a turkey (laughs) looks like and suddenly they don't want to eat the things anymore. They're quite ugly creatures. Anyway, be that as it may, 
this is the difference. So the Bible is speaking about the period of the end. Yeah. The period of uh, the end of time. Yeah. And we're going to have a increase of knowledge about the book of Daniel, which is going to take place because there is an increase of knowledge generally. There's an increase of knowledge about history. Uh, there is no, more known about history right now than has ever been known before. There are pretty much, I, I believe the stats are that there are more historians alive right now than there's ever been alive in the history of the world before. Right. I know that carries through with scientists. There are more scientists alive right now than there has ever existed in the history of our world previous to this particular point. Yeah. When it talks about historians, is that like, are you talking about, does it talk about people, people that people with study history, it? People with a history degree. Okay. Because yeah. I could write something down and... Call yourself a historian. And then tomorrow I'd be a historian. Yeah, I don't count in that because I don't have a degree in history. I see. Um, People that so are qualified. Qualified. Okay. There are more qualified historians alive right now than has lived through the rest of, you know, the, the collective rest of history. Okay. okay. So this is pretty significant. When you, when you think about that, you know, from the standpoint of science, from all the different standpoints of knowledge, there is more knowledge than there has ever existed before by an enormous percentage, and that knowledge is more readily available than it has ever existed before. Yeah. When I was at school, if I wanted to find out knowledge, that involved going to a book and actually doing research, and it could often take a long time sorting through various encyclopedias and so forth, looking for you know the knowledge that I wanted to find out. And a lot of the time, you wouldn't even bother finding out knowledge because it was like, ah, oh, it's, it's not worth the effort. Yeah. Whereas these days, any kind of little thing that sort of randomly comes into your mind, you just Google it, and there you've got the knowledge. I love Mrs. Google. She does wonders. Google's a missus. <laughs> I, I get that from my nan. She calls it Mrs. Google, and so I've called it Mrs. I've heard Dr. Google. Um, Dr. Google exists. A, a whole bunch of different If you ever things. get any kind of symptom, go to Dr. Google, and you will definitely yeah. have uh, a massive case of hypochondria. Um, <laughs> that's a- Mrs. Google, yeah, that's Mrs. Google is my thing. Okay, well, so maybe my maybe, thing, maybe there's a few different uh, versions of Google. Maybe there's a Google family. Here we go. I don't know. Maybe you should let us know. Is it Mr. or Mrs. in your family? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, so we need to understand uh, that there's going to be a general increase of knowledge. And let's talk about this general increase of knowledge and ask ourselves the question, are we living in the time of the end? Has there been a general increase of knowledge? Has it caused people to run to and fro, or as your Bible says, to rush here and there? Well, first of all, let's look at that and in, in increase that, that in the context of the increase of the knowledge of the book of Daniel. Has that caused people to rush here and there? And probably fewer books of the Bible have inspired, inspired more missionary effort than the book of Daniel. Yeah. You know, because of the book of Daniel that tells us the time in which we live, it tells us that Jesus is coming back soon, it inspires and motivates, and it wasn't until, you know, what, here's what you've got. If you go to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 12, Daniel chapter 11, um, let me see, verse 33, they that understand among the people uh, shall instruct many. They shall fall by sword and by flame, by captivity, by spoil, many days. Um, over here we have verse 35. And some of those of understanding shall fall to test them, to purge them, 
and make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for an appointed time. So here the Bible speaks about an appointed time. And in the Bible, your appointed time, it comes in, uh, in, in Daniel chapter 8 and verse 14. Now, some people might point out that, well, you know, there's a relationship here with uh, the 1260 years which is the time of persecution, and definitely the context is persecution. The appointed time, the context of that, is the 2300-day prophecy. And so you've kind of got two dates here. You can go with 1798, which is the end of persecution. Yeah. On a major scale. Uh-huh. Uh, which is, what's that, uh, 222 years ago. Yeah. Or you can go with 1844, which is the appointed time according to Daniel chapter 8. Now, if you take any of the signs of the return of Jesus Christ and run them through those dates, it is fascinating to see what happens. The situation in the world leading up to the year 1800, for instance, was one in which the world was kind of like, you know what, we are Christians, we have given our lives to Jesus Christ, we are saved, the rest of the world is pagan, they don't know Jesus Christ, they are lost. Yeah. And then around the, that date, 1798, so the beginning of the 1800s, you have a sudden realization that begins to sweep the world and it's gone, you know what? We actually probably should do something in relationship to those who do not know Jesus Christ. And that's where the Age of Missions was born. You know, 1804 was the first missionary society that was ever formed. Uh, the British Missionary Foreign Missionary Society was formed in 1804. And that's where the Age of Missions were formed. was formed. And suddenly Christians came to this point, we need to take the gospel message to the world. However, if you come down to 1844, what you're going to find is a very different missionary movement, whereas before it was taking Jesus to the world, now it was a movement of taking the return of Jesus to the world. And so you see this taking place, and in the lead-up to 1844, that message went to every different part of the planet, every mission station on the planet. I mean, no, it's just, it, was what, it was possibly the most universal revival our world has ever seen. And widespread. And so you've got, you know, these big missionary endeavors that are taking place as we as soon as we reach the time of the end, things change. Now when I read this, what it does for me is it gives me great confidence because it tells me that God is in control. God knows exactly what's going on. He looks down at the corona epidemic we're in right now, pandemic, and it looks like bedlam, but ultimately God knows all about it. He's spoken about it. He's predicted it. And the great thing about being a Christian is I've read the end of the book. I know what's coming up. You know, a lot of people dealing with anxiety right now, the reason that people get anxious is because they don't know what the future holds. Well, I do. And the future is good. It's really good because the future is the return of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, I don't face these kinds of issues with trepidation and fear. I'm like, okay. Here's the next adventure. Bring it on because we know that Jesus is coming soon and we're not going to have the return of Jesus unless we have these kind of things taking place in our world. Okay. The Bible says that, uh, okay, so when we look at the world, has there been an increase in, the book, in, in, in knowledge in relationship to the book of Daniel? Yes, there has. Has that caused people to rush here and there all over the world with the message of the book of Daniel? And yes, it has. 
in the most remarkable way. Now, when you trace missionary endeavor through the, you know, 1800s, what you're going to find is a massive J curve to the point where 220 years ago, when that first date hits of 1798, at that particular point, the vast majority of the world had never heard of the name Jesus Christ. They've just never heard of it. Um, it would be incredibly, incredibly rare to find, you know, somebody over the age of 10 today who, when you mention Jesus Christ, had never heard of that name. I would, I would go as far as saying it would be almost impossible. Now, certainly there are a number of uncontacted tribes who would not have heard of that name, but have things changed in the last 200 years? You, know, you go from the majority of the world having never heard the name of Jesus Christ to now basically every single person on the planet having heard the name of Jesus Christ. So I would say that's a massive change in what has taken place. Then we consider that the increase of knowledge about the book of Daniel has been driven by an increase in general knowledge. You can't have one without the other. And so we ask ourselves the question, has there been an increase in general knowledge? And so I'm going to give you some illustrations here. Uh, the first is the illustration of man's greatest invention, which is... The telephone. No. <laughs> At the time it was. Man's greatest invention was the wheel. The wheel. The wheel. The wheel that has been used for many things. Yes. For a very long time. For a very long time. Humanity's greatest invention is the wheel. Well, some people say fire, but yeah, either or. Did Take we invent pick. that, though? I don't think so. I, I think, think we, God invented we discovered it. and yes. That's right. Anyway, whatever. Anyway. So, like a man's greatest discovery is fire and his greatest invention is the wheel. Let's put it that way. Okay, so let's talk about the wheel. If you go back 6,000 years, go back to the time of Adam. Yeah. How fast can you make the wheel turn? Only as fast as he can push it. Uh, yeah, or you might argue as fast as a horse can pull it. Uh, we don't know. Did, or as did fast Adam- as it can roll down a hill. Uh, yes, okay, we're talking on a flat plane. Okay, as fast as a horse can pull it. Um, come up to 1798. That's a big jump in time. That's 6,000 years into the future. How fast can the wheel turn? From memory, I still believe that it was as fast as a horse can pull it. That's right. Absolutely. And then you come down to 1816, and suddenly that changes for the first time in history. And now you have the first steam engine. Locomotive. The first steam, steam train. And at that particular point, you had the scientific community beginning to debate amongst themselves whether the human body could withstand speeds of 40 miles per hour. Whether people would actually die if we got above those kind of speeds. Okay, so you go from there, and it gets faster and faster and faster. You've got steam engines that'll do more than you know two hundred kilometers per hour. You know the old, 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 old school steam trains, and they're and they're clickety clacketing along at over two hundred kilometers per hour. That's 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 fast by anyone's standards. That is very very fast. Uh, by the eighteen eighties, you have, you know. The wheel can be used now personally yeah. at speeds greater than a horse can pull it because motor cars are being invented. 
By the early 1900s, by, was it 1903, something like that, the wheel can now fly, right? Yeah. By within within uh, 40 years, the wheel is flying at supersonic speed. Oh, two decades, what is it, two, three decades after that, and the wheel is now driving around on the moon. Uh, now we have remote control ones, and lots of them, driving around on Mars. Has knowledge increased dramatically once we come through that date, you know, 1798 and 1844? I think it has quite significant. That's a very, very dramatic increase in knowledge. We're going to come back and talk about a couple more of those. But before we do, we're going to listen to a little bit of Carly Fletcher. She's going to bring to us the song, Let There Be. i 
Welcome back to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. We have got our last clue for the quiz. Oh, sorry, not the last clue. Our next clue for our quiz this morning. Here we go. I put Joseph in charge of all of my household. I put Joseph in charge of all of my household. If you know the answer to this question, give us a call at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or send us a text with the correct answer of 0491-064-664. And if you do indeed have the correct answer, you will be receiving a copy of McDougall's Vegetarian Cookbook. Indeed you will. So give us a call right now on 100FAITH-FM to receive that. We're back in Daniel chapter 11. We're talking about the general increase of knowledge. And when you talk about the general increase of knowledge and people traveling here and there, you think about this. If you go back 1,800 years and you want to travel, say, for instance, from the United States to Australia, it's going to take you a minimum of three months. And that's just from coast to coast. If you want to travel across the United States uh, from one side to the other, say, for instance, you want to come from Washington, D.C. to Australia, then it's going to take you at least six months. That's not a short amount of time. Yeah, no, six months, and, of course, now what do we do it in 24 hours? Even Here to Washington, D.C., you can do it in 24 hours. It's pushing it, but you can do it in 24 hours. Yeah. Because uh, so you've got good connections. I think Qantas does it in 27 yeah, and that's usually what it, about yeah. the time that it takes for commercial air, air But it's travel. a lot less than six months. Oh, absolutely. It's a lot. There's a big difference from six months. And, of course, you just get on an aluminium tube and get off at the other end, whereas back in the day you had to walk most of that way and then sail the rest. Yeah. Things have changed dramatically. And, of course, things, things were basically stagnant or stable for 6,000 years and suddenly you've got this massive increase in knowledge that the Bible predicts will take place. At the end of time, of course, you know, one of the significant aspects that is the driving force behind that is the invention of the printing press. Yep. And as that invention then spools up information, uh, technology becomes more and more and more available. And when you think about information technology, I'm not that old. I'm, I just had my 48th birthday. Just turned 48. Well, happy birthday. And I can remember the very first time that I ever saw a computer. We went to a small country school, and um, our sister school, which was the big city school, bought their first computer. They'd never owned one before. They brought it down to our little country school to show it off, and we thought it was amazing. It had these incredible uh, functions on it where you could actually type, right? And if you misspelt something, you could go back, delete what you misspelt, and then type it correctly. Wow. You didn't have to you didn't have to use whiteout and get whiteout and you know white it out on the paper and then type over it again. Wait for it to dry and then type over it again. How big was it? Uh it was uh yeah, it was it was significantly large, but it was, you know, something you could put in the back seat of a car. It had a hard drive with just a mind-boggling amount of storage space. Um the second computer they bought by the way didn't have a hard drive. But this one had a hard drive. Um, it had 7K of memory. Do you know what a, do you even know what a K is? A kilobyte, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, which is like what you would put on the end of a pin these days. Yeah. Uh, and how, the, how big was pin. that? Was that hard drive? Well, I don't know because it was in a box that was you know the size of your average TV. Yeah. Whereas I believe nowadays you can get a. a storage thing that's about the size of your, your thumbnail mm-hmm. that has 
couple of terabyte on it. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, these were these were words that were unheard of back then. I remember when the word terabyte first came out. You probably don't, but I remember when that word was first invented. We'd never heard it before, and suddenly someone started talking about terabytes. I'm like, wow, that's mind blowing. Um, so you know, some of us who are not that old can remember back that far. Yeah, you know, my father who is still alive and very healthily alive. You know, there were times when uh, when um, you know his family. Used uh, the only vehicle they had was a motorbike, really, and sidecar. That was it. It was the only vehicle they owned. Get everyone around in yeah. the little sidecar. That's right. And so things have changed very, very dramatically in a very, very short space of time. And the ability to move and to travel in our world has changed dramatically in a short space of time. Here's an illustration. I may have used this one before. Think about this. At the beginning of the First World War, so that's uh, we're going back to 1914. What was the fastest thing on the battlefield? Um, it, was it a horse? It was a horse. Yeah. Okay. Come to... So there's, uh, what, 25 years between the First World War and the Second World War. Yeah. And at the end of the Second World War, what's the fastest thing on the battlefield? I believe it was a plane. A jet. A jet. Fighter. Yeah. That's a big change in a very short yeah. space of time. You know, my grandfather, he's looking at changes like that and living through those kinds of changes. Yeah. He's preaching, Jesus is coming soon. Yeah. Well, i got to tell you, I'm preaching exactly the same thing because I'm seeing what's happening in our world right now with this pandemic that has come about as a result of somebody eating a dead bat and that they shouldn't have done according to the Bible, and that is telling me that Jesus is coming back very, very soon. One of the reasons why this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning until the coronavirus pandemic is gone, we're going to have an interactive on-air small group Bible study that's going to take place right here on Faith FM. So you need to be planning and preparing and tuning in for that so that you can be a part of it and getting your family connected. So if they're in an area that doesn't get the Faith FM signal, make sure that they are uh, getting it on uh, faithfm.com.au or via the app, which is even better still, on their mobile device. Get that thing set up, get it running, because that way you can stay connected and stay connected with what we're studying here about the Bible. Yeah. Another illustration, I know I've used this one, but it really fascinates me. Um, Wargamer setting up computer simulations of uh, various battles. Um, set the Macedonian army of Alexander the Great against the um, the army of the Duke of Wellington at Waterloo. Yeah, and they pitched that battle in Waterloo uh-huh. in that in that same area, and it was a very close run thing. They're basically evenly matched. Yeah, you know these are two armies that exist as far as technology goes, two and a half thousand years apart from each other. Yeah. And they're evenly matched. Yeah. Then you come down to, you know, what have we got, the 1860s, and you've got the first really, you know, the the first machine gun, you know, came out in the 1700s. I get that. But the really first really practical one, um, you know, your Gatling gun comes out in the 1860s, and with one Gatling gun you could win that battle. Yeah. You know, you just got to have enough ammunition to keep that thing fed and uh, a way of keeping the barrels cool and... You know, nothing's going to touch that. Yeah. Uh, You look at the enormous battles that were fought in South Africa, for instance, where they had a few machine guns and they take on, you know, thousands and thousands of Zulu warriors. 
It's a bit like the uh, coronavirus pandemic where it started off with one person. Yeah. And it the curve is gradually getting steeper and steeper. Exactly. If you want to look if you want to know whether Jesus is coming back or not, just take any of the signs of the times that God gives of the time of the end and his soon return and place them on a graph and you will notice that those graphs always form a very steep J curve exactly the same as the corona pandemic is forming right now. You know, uh, except for now that that curve is starting to flatten. Only in China. Only in China. Oh, oh yeah. the rest of the world, it's just getting steeper yeah. and steeper and steeper. Um, but thankfully, it is in China, so we know there is a light at the end of this tunnel. Okay, we need to cover another verse. We've got 30 seconds left. Let's do it. Here we go. First, first five. Then I, Daniel, looked and saw two others standing on opposite banks of the river. Keep going. Uh, one of them asked the man dressed in linen who was now standing above the river, how long will it be until these shocking events are over? Okay, so that's the big question, and that's the question we are going to answer in the next couple of verses as we come back tomorrow because we're coming back to some more time prophecies. They're going to tell us when these events all come to an end. This is Jennifer Lisa. May the Lord find us faithful. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but has given us the strength to
here at Faith FM want to encourage you to be the hands and feet of Jesus in your community, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Keep in touch with vulnerable members of your community like grandparents or new mothers and see if there's something you can do to help them with simple things like picking up some groceries, collecting the mail or dropping off some meals. Little things like this make a huge difference to someone living in isolation or quarantine. to Faith FM, positively different radio. At Hamilton Adventist Church in Newcastle, we have a food pantry service for the community. Everyone is welcome to join us for a free dinner. Enjoy good company and have a great time. All you need is $10 to buy a numbered ticket and you can collect a trolley's load of food ranging from fruits, veggies, tin food, pasta bread and toiletries. Every Thursday, the food pantry starts at 4.45pm with a 5pm start for dinner. Find us at Hamilton Adventist Church at 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, every Thursday evening. All will be welcomed with love and a smile. We really hope to see you there.
That was Sons of Korah with Psalms 121. He watches over you. Very appropriate psalm to be reading, studying, and meditating on, on at a time like this. Indeed. We, uh, we had a winner for our quiz. We did. Uh, Nick from Sale in Victoria. Congratulations. He got the correct answer of Potiphar. There you go. So Potiphar is the correct answer for that uh, quiz. And we now are up to question of the day, which is... It is... Why did God destroy the world with flood just to let it get so bad again? Uh, Very good question. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad somebody's asked this question. So there's a number of different uh, things that we do know. Of course, we there are a bunch, bunch of things that we don't know. Yeah. So we're going to work on the things that we do know, and uh, we have to understand how was it that the world went so badly. In such a short space of time. Yeah. And where was the world actually at at the time of the flood? So we're going to understand uh, uh, some of the conditions of the pre-flood world. Obviously, human beings were a lot closer to perfection than what they are now, physically, mentally, emotionally. Yeah. Much, much closer to to perfection, which means that they were much, much more uh, uh, powerful and effective as, you know, as simple human beings. They would have had, you know, just incredible intellect. They were much taller, bigger physically than what we are now. They, they lived, lived longer. They lived for, you know, uh, the best Almost part of a thousand years. Yeah. There may have been some who did live a thousand years who uh, we just don't know. Uh, the population of the world could have easily have been the same as the population of the world is right, right now. We don't know what the population of the world was, but it could have easily been that. And... Uh, you know, so you've got these long lifespans, and of course, this is all born out in the fossil record. Where you know, you go back to the pre-flood, everything was bigger. Just go down to the Sydney Museum sometime, and you'll see the mega fauna and the mega flora that once existed in our world in the past. And so, with human beings having that much longer lifespan, and let's say you know we get these these faint glimpses of the kind of computing capacity that the brain had back then where you get, you know, the rare person who has photographic memory. Yeah. And so uh, it would be kind of nice to read a book as fast as you could, you know, turn the pages. Um, And so we have these rare cases of people who have this, you know, the giant intellect, photographic memory, and that's really just a brief glimpse. What we have to understand is why writing was invented. You know, writing was invented maybe uh, 500 to 1,000 years after the time of the flood. And the reason that writing was invented was because humanity's intelligence had been damaged by being separated from perfection and by living in a new and less perfect world. And our lifespans were shorter. Our intelligence was much less. And the purpose for writing is to solve the problem of human forgetfulness. Yeah. That's the only reason it exists. So if you remove human forgetfulness out of the equation, yep. you don't need writing. Mm. Everything that is stored in the cloud is knowledge that is also known right now by everyone, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. So you have massive capacity for thinking, for knowledge, and for everything else. By the time the flood has come, the world has turned away from God and has reached a point where they can use that kind of power 
at a destructive level that has only been equaled in modern times. Mm. The only reason we've been able to equal it in modern times is because of the the invention of information technology to replace the computing power the brain once had. So we've done it artificially in modern times, and it's only taken us 200 years in modern times to replicate the environment that would have existed before the flood. Yeah. And so it's only been in the last 200 years that the world has reached a point where, you know, you would expect that God would come back and do deal with our world again. Yeah. Um, and so when you look at the whole history, why did God bring the flood? The, God brought the flood to slow the history of the world down. It's just like the, it's just like the corona pandemic. Mm. We have lockdown not to stop the pandemic. Yeah. We can't do that, but to slow it down. Yeah. God brings the flood not to stop evil. He can't do that because human beings have the power of choice, but to slow it down so that the universe has time to be able to see what the actual results are. The history of the world can be lengthened. Jesus can come and the whole plan of salvation, the great controversy can be demonstrated to the entire universe. Yeah. And the universe can choose to serve God rather than to serve uh, Satan and serve him from love. This is the Downing Family, the Master's Hand.
You're listening to The Downing Family with The Master's Hand. We've come to the end of our show, which means we are about to give something away for free. Uh, Liam is about to tell us exactly what that is. And, of course, this is going to go through to the first caller through. So the first caller to give us a call on 1-800-FAITH-FM will be getting a copy of this right here. Liam, here what do you got for us? 13 Life-Changing Secrets. Okay, this book here, <clears throat> pardon me, this book here is a book by Mark Finlay. Um, and it's filled with stories that you are really that are really going to move you. Stories about people that have staggered by the blow of divorce, drug addiction, abuse, abandonment, death, and financial problems. People longing for something better and finding it. So this is something. If you're feeling down, this might be a little bit of inspiration for you. Fantastic. And, of course, I think a lot of people are feeling down at the moment. So uh, let's all find ways of feeling up and encouraging each other and being positive about what is taking place in our world. Let's face this uh, corona pandemic as a grand – well, maybe not a grand adventure. Maybe that's kind of the wrong – but let's face it as an adventure. You know, we're going to learn different skills. We're going to learn how to do things differently. And we can all make the most of it. So you can make the most of it by giving us a call right now because you could possibly have some extra reading time. Our number is – is one 843 or you can text us on 0491-064-669. Don't forget, as always, we want to encourage you every day to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again.
and certainty in uncertain times. Rock of ages, clap for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flow be of sin a double cure. Save from Not the labor of my hands can fulfill thy lost demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All could never sin atone. Thou must Thing in my hands I bring 
left for me. Let me hide myself in.